listening to Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Hawks Insiders Thursday night safe space for another week. And what a week it has been in Hawthorne, in, for the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Danny Prins. I will be leading the line tonight in the host chair and um, excited to dig down a little deeper uh, into all things Hawthorne this evening, chatting with um, a few of my co-hosts and all of you. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to introduce my co-hosts. Darren Levine is joining us tonight. Darren, how are you, mate? Hey, Prinzi. Yeah, just another boring week for the AFL's most irrelevant club. So not sh- not sure what we'll talk about tonight. Not too much going on. Just the standard Thursday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, Brad Klebanski, good to have you as always, Brad. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Prinzi. Thanks, Daz. Yes, interesting time. Been trying to uh, catch up. I missed all the action earlier today as it was unfolding. So I've been reading up a bit on it, and yeah, interesting day to say the least. Well, I'm glad you've been doing your research, Brad, because we are definitely going to throw to you um, to um, get your take on that a little bit later. We'll start at the top, um, as we normally do, and we'll work our way down to the Clarko issues. I don't want to spend too much time on it, um, but we will touch on it because it's really, really important. Um, But first and foremost, tonight's... uh, episode, for lack of a better term, tonight's uh, Twitter space is actually brought to us by Friends of the Hawks Insiders Ticket Blaster. Um, And this one's for everybody listening. Um, If you listen to anything I say tonight, listen to this. Our great friends at Ticket Blaster actually have given us four medallion club tickets for this weekend's game against the Demons. And we're going to give them out to the best contributors in tonight's space. So we're going to do it by doing um, two sets of two tickets Um, Darren and Brad will pick a contributor each who will get a set of two tickets and they'll be able to sit in the medallion club at the MCG. So uh, the medallion club at the G is a bit different to Marvel Stadium, but it is prime positioning. It's level two seating in the Shane Warne stand right on the wing. So you'll get to enjoy drinks at the Legends Bar uh, and and that's exclusive to medallion club ticket holders. Um, Dining and corporate hospitality is also available. Um, And if you want to check out more, you can get uh, tickets and you can get them. They're available at Ticket Blaster. So in saying that does, we want to make tonight's evening as interactive as possible. So um, we're really, really keen to make sure we get uh, as many people hitting the request button, jumping on to speak. Um, Darren, you and Brad are going to select your favourite contributor to this evening. But pretty awesome that um, Ticket Blaster have jumped on board and um, happy to help our fellow Hawks out with some tickets to the footy. Yeah, it's awesome, and thanks so much to Ticket Blaster for for what is a pretty great prize. And honestly, if we don't get any people um, saying comments tonight, I'm taking the tickets myself. So, I, Me too. I, <laughs> Brad and I will be will be living it up in the Medallion Club. Thanks to Ticket Blaster, if we don't get any comments, but um, I'm sure. I'm sure some of our regulars will will jump on. Absolutely. Now, without um, mucking around too much more, we'll get into the game that happened on Saturday night last week. Round eight, Fremantle versus Hawthorne at uh, Optus Stadium in Perth. Uh, The Dockers were uh, triumphant. 
18 9, 117, beating the Hawks by 69 points, uh, 7 6, 48, the Hawks. And it was a solid um, first half, but a very, very unspectacular second for the Hawks. And those third quarter woes continue to plague them. Darren, I would love to get your thoughts off the bat uh, about what good things came out of this weekend's match against the Dockers. Yeah, I love um, getting the good on a off the back of a sixty what nine point loss, but um, there were there were some good signs, and I think you know Will Day is continuing on his merry way. He's getting some consistency since coming back from the suspension. Uh, Twenty six touches, seven clearances, four score involvements. That beautiful goal um, off off um, some great work from Tyler Brockman um, just shows his poise and how the game just kind of slows down for him. It was a really impressive finish, and um, he's he's becoming he's becoming really an, uh, I hate to use the word elite, but he's 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 definitely um, up in the upper echelons of of midfielders, and he's 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 a clearance beast. So I'm really looking forward to how he goes against that um, super elite D's midfield this weekend. Um, the other one is Connor Nash, who um, interestingly has been dubbed. One of the top ten Irish players ever, which is which is pretty awesome, and it'll be interesting to see where he actually finishes at the end of his career in that tally. But um, if he keeps going on like this, Nashi will be right up there. He had twenty five disposals at eighty four percent, a dozen contested possessions, eight tackles, game high eight clearances, a team high twenty one pressure acts, and you know he, he really um, beat his opponent in Sarong, who's such a threat as we all know. So. Just an incredible uh, season for Nashi, and it's just you know every time you think he's he's got a he's you know reached the ceiling, he he just pushes it a bit higher, and uh, yeah, really really exciting to see him develop into the into the midfielder. I think that he showed glimpses of last year, um, and he's he's not just beating opponents; he's he's actually racking up a lot of possessions as well. So it's really great to see. I think Lloyd Meek was out to prove something against the Dockers and showed a bit of, bit of phys- physicality and we kind of needed that against Darcy. Um, he was a big, big, he had a big, big say in, in our clearance dominance and um, had a bunch of hit outs and, and, and really, I think, contested well through the game. Still like him to do a bit more around the ground, but I think it was probably his best game for, for the Hawks. Um, and then, you know, more game time into the likes of Seamus Mitchell, you know, Brocky and, and and Mitch Lewis, obviously, it was it was a, a bit of a rusty second game back for Lewis, but still competed and uh, still such an important part of our forward line. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, Josh Weddle, good to see him get another game. I'd like to see him getting a game on the wing. I think it was a really tough assignment playing playing down back. Um, you know, he's he's a, a young player in his in his first season and. A key position role is always really challenging against some of the bigger bodies. So, um, but yeah, good to see him get a game, and um, we just love to see him more on the wing. I want to ask you a question about Connor Nash. Um, where he his start to the season's underrated, I think, and um, and you talked about how impressive he has been at shutting players down, but also getting plenty of the ball himself. Um, where does he sit in the Peter Crimmins medal if it was to be decided today? Where does where does he finish for you? Oh, that's a great question. I, I mean, he's he's top podium finish for me at the moment. Um, I think I think he's been really consistent. 
you know, above average in in a lot of in a lot of categories. Uh, really improved pretty much his, his entire game, just keeping Fid McGuinness out of the side, obviously, and being that negating player, but then also getting off the leash and getting heaps of possessions as well. So, yeah, could could be a podium finish for Fanashi, which is would be incredible, really, um, given given his how long it's taken him to develop. Really, I don't think anyone saw this coming. No, it really has been a sharp rise in the last sort of eighteen months, Brad. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question, mate. Um, Conan Ash has been a surprise for all of us. Where, where does he sit for you, and what's the most? What's been the most surprising thing for you? Oh, I think he's been unbelievable. I agree with Daz. I think other than I've spoken about it the last couple of weeks, I reckon behind Day this year he's our second best uh, player in the midfield and probably our second best player. Um, I think he's just in front of. I think Jai. I know Jai's numbers have been pretty good, but I think he was Jai was better last season than he was this season. Um, the impressive thing about Conor Nash this season, uh, his efficiency, his disposal earth efficiency has been unbelievable. I think he went at 85% on the weekend. And like Daz said, um, he's playing a defensive role, but he's still able to find the football. And we've spoken about it, but that's the exact reason why Finn McGuinness is not in the team and why Conor Nash is doing his job. I know last year um, we saw Finn play a really, you know, heavy tagging role, especially against uh, the Demons when it all started. He played on uh, Langdon, who was the former uh, wingman in the comp, and he absolutely destroyed him. But we consistently spoke about Finn had to add a string to his bow. Just being able to run with someone was good, but he didn't find uh, the ball. And when he got it, his disposal was just uh, terrible. But Finn finds that he's averaging over 25 possessions in the last four weeks but he's using it really well, and he tackles. It's incredibly frustrating week after week how many missed tackles our team has. I know they're quite young, but Nash tackles and he tackles hard. He had eight tackles on the weekend, and I agree with Daz. I reckon at the moment now he's definitely top three in our best and fairest. So, yeah, he's definitely been probably the number one surprise pack, and probably other than Day, our best story of the year so far. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Brad, we've wound you up. You've You've said all the positives you need to say about um, last Saturday night's game. Um, come off the long run and give us the bad. I don't want to come off uh, the long run. That's why we employ you, mate. That's why you're here. There's too much There's too much to discuss uh, on Saturday night. And I've, I've heard that excuses were a young side. They were tired. They played three good games in a row. They had to go to Perth. We're eight rounds into the season. We're only a third into the season. That is not an excuse for the performance that the guys put up on Saturday night. I, I know you said they were okay in the first half. We we could. T- I I wrote probably fifteen minutes into the first quarter. This is sixty plus. We lost by sixty nine in the end. And I know there were some good signs in the first quarter, like first quarter, but you could just tell they were flat. Um, the back line was really poor. James Sicily's number one negative for me, unfortunately, at the moment. I know a few people might disagree and think he's had a pretty solid year. I think he's been incredibly poor. Daz agrees uh, with me, especially with his body language. Um, I picked up on it. I think it was the Geelong game, the uh, Easter Monday game. I noticed the creeping into his game, and I've noticed it a lot in the last few weeks. People will start to see it now. Poor body language. He struggled with the captaincy. Um, I think the forward line, again, two points in the, in the third quarter, 40 seven points for the game. 
second time this year we've kicked less than 50 points. In our last 12 games, if you head back to the end of last season in the first eight games of this season, we're averaging about, I think it's 63 points a game. I know Mitch Lewis has been out. He has played the last two games where we've averaged 57.5 points a game. Um, I don't know what it is because our midfield's actually been really good and really strong, which I've liked. Like the midfield this season's been really good. They weren't great on Saturday night, but they played well. Um, Connor Nash, have you spoken about, played pretty well. But the forward line's a worry. Um, you know, Chad Wingard, you know, should he be playing every week when we've got Sam Butler kicking goals in the reserves? He needs to play consistently. Seen James Blanks back this week replacing Jack Scrimshaw, which I'm sure we're going to touch on. Absolute disgrace. Jack Scrimshaw has been dropped after being made sub two weeks. Finally comes back into the side. Played reasonably well last week. Definitely better than a few other players who have held their spots. Um, so, yeah, Sam's obviously going to try something a bit different this week. Maybe it'll free up James Sicily to play a bit loose. Have James Blank and Sam Frost as those lockdown defenders. Denge of Graham is still not in the side. Don't know why. Um, so, yeah, a lot of questions that need to be answered that hopefully Prinzi and Daz you can answer and some of our guys online tonight but overall there's just there's a lot of negative I agree with Daz's positives um, but yeah it's we're round eight so we're a third of the way in the season and people are already saying that our guys are tired the next nine weeks we are Melbourne at interstate and off and on for the next nine weeks so if people think the first eight weeks have been tough it's about to get really cold. And other than West Coast and Tasmania in a couple of weeks' time, we have got a brutal run of nine matches coming up. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the young Hawks perform in the next nine weeks. I think, I think you're spot on, Brad. And, you know, you and I disagree a fair bit on what's up. Um, but I can't say I disagree with anything you've just said there. I think um, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like on the weekend. And you could see the signs were there early. They were still in the game at halftime. And, and especially early into the second quarter, they were still in the game. But, gee, when it fell away, it fell away quickly. And it was um, it was another one of those really concerning third-quarter performances. Daz, um, the goals are hard to come by. What do we need to do to ensure that we can kick a winning score week to week? Or is this just something we're going to need to get used to um, for the rest of this year? Yeah, look, I, th- I think um, it's it's going to take a while for th- it's this forward unit to sort of gel. Um, Mitch Lewis, obviously a massive in for us, but he hasn't played much with the likes of Fergus Green, Tyler Brockman. It's going to take a while for them to learn each other's running patterns, to, to kind of know where to lead, to know you know, when to clear out some space for, for Mitch. Um, so it, it's going to take a while f- for that forward line to, to really to really find their feet together. Um, I'm actually way more concerned about, about the back line. Went from being our strongest line and it's just looking like an absolute shambles at the moment. It's completely dysfunctional. You know, you've got to start asking questions about Cade Simpson and one of our... Um, one of our uh, uh, one of the members of the HI community, Ben, said it in, in the comments, just, you know, whether whether Cade Simpson's contribution has is, is, is led to the defence line um, going backwards. And, yeah, you've got to start asking questions about a really inexperienced coach 
who's leading a backline that has a lot of talent that is just looking like an absolute shambles. And the, the amount of goals that just went over the back, the amount of dysfunction and a lack of structure, you, you know, it's hard to know what goes on behind closed doors, but the, de- the defence has gone backwards and it's way more of a concern than this kind of developing forward line. Yeah, Brad, I, w- I want to ask you too. The the defence was my next one, and um, I'm glad Daz um, threw that out there. And and Ben's comment is um, is is really pertinent. Um, he's probably leading the contributions at the moment. Um, do we need to be having a conversation about Kate Simpson? And if so, what does that conversation look like at this stage, Bradley? Uh, I don't think so. I think Kate Simpson's new to the club. Uh, I know last year our defence was probably our strongest uh, line. Um, I think it's everything. I think it's, you know, like I said, the forward line's a problem. Uh, why is Denver Granger-Varas not playing? Uh, Sam Frost is playing every week. I've mentioned it numerous times. I think defensively he's probably been our best player, but he hurts us with his turnovers, concedes a lot of, you know, goals from his errors every week. He's contracted to the end of 2024, but he probably won't be at the club post that. So I'm not sure why, you know, we're not playing Granger Barras. James Blank, as I said before, has come in this week, um, which will free up James Sicily, who I mentioned has been incredibly poor. I think Simpson needs a bit more time. I just, I don't know. I, I agree with Daz. I don't know what the problem is because our midfield this season has been really strong. Mm. So we're winning the midfield. We're winning the clearances more often than not. Mitch Lewis not playing has obviously hurt our forward structure. We noticed, you know, the first half in the Bulldogs game, how he straightens us up. He played incredibly well. He kicked two goals against the Dockers, but didn't get a lot of service. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think we just need a bit more time. You know, Sam obviously has his plan. He knows it's going to be a bit of a rebuild. It's going to take time. But I'm not sure what the answer is because if you look at Box Hill, who are you know top four, they're playing incredibly well. James Blank's obviously coming in this week, but other than uh, Denver Granger Barras, I don't think there's much coming through down back. Uh, Jecker did his hamstring last week for Box Hill, so he's going to miss a month. I don't think he's going to be in our list at the end of this season. Um, so you know, I don't know what uh, the answer is. CJ's. In my opinion, some disagrees having a poor season. Uh, he does a few nice things every week, but defensively he struggles. Uh, Josh Weddle's looked okay, but uh, like Daz said, it'd be great to see him play it on a wing. Uh, I think against Melbourne we might see that with James Blaine coming in. I think Weddle might play a bit more up the ground, but he was an All-Australian uh, under-18 defender and he's got the height just needs to put on a bit of size. So, you know, what the back line looks like in three years' time is going to be completely different to what it is now, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I guess my, my concern and maybe the concern of um, some of our listeners is more around not necessarily the players that are playing in the back line, but the structure and the system. Um, you know, on the weekend, it was really evident that um, Frio got a lot of goals over the back and that hasn't been just this week. That, that's happened over the course of the year where we're, our positioning doesn't seem like it's um, like it's spot on. And, and maybe that's an inexperienced thing, but with guys like Hardwick and Sicily and Frost, you would kind of 
expect that maybe from our young forward line or, you know, our young midfielders, but not necessarily our young defenders. And I think that our, our experienced defenders. And I think that's the concern, um, Daz. Is that sort of what you're, what you're worried about as well, more the, the system and the setup? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, for all I know, Cade Simpson could be an incredible coach, but it just, it, he's just kind of been parachuted into that role without serving an apprenticeship anywhere else, doing a time in, you know, the VFL or, or other systems. Uh, he's just all of a sudden the defensive line coach off the back of just having a, a pretty, pretty good, you know, an ex- excellent and long career at Carlton. But, you know, it's, it's, it's structurally, it just, it just looks really like a mess. And I'll disagree with Brad. I think CJ has been actually really good defensively. I think it's offensively where he hasn't, he hasn't really done a lot of the exciting stuff that we've seen. So it's, it's, you know, it hasn't, hasn't been as noticeable this year, but um, yeah, there, there's something going on with that backline and they just cannot get the mix right. Scrimshaw in and out of the side, I think doesn't help. Um, it, 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 it's probably the line where we're chopping and changing the most, to be honest. There hasn't been much continuity. and I think that's probably feeding into it too. Absolutely. Um, I want to take this time to stop and just welcome our, one of our, our fearless leader, Andrew Weiss, fresh from playing a game of table tennis. Andrew, welcome to you this evening. Thanks, Princey. Uh, apologies for rocking in late. Yeah, had a meeting at the... Uh, at MSAC this evening uh, and interesting to hear you guys talking about the defensive issues um, without having heard at all. I guess one of my questions, Prinzi, do, do you reckon that, um, and Brad just mentioned that this is not what our defence is going to look like and with Frost playing such a key defensive role and Blank and DGB not having got much of a, a look in, do you reckon the Tom Dudays and the Ben McKays and the, the there are maybe one or two players we've got our eyes on? We've talked about being uh, hot on um, on bringing more players in at the end of the season. Do you think that there are maybe one or two players not necessarily just identified but locked and loaded, ready to go? Uh I mean, I mean, possibly, you know, the the Carl Amon one seemed like it was uh, was sort of uh, locked and loaded to borrow your term uh, pretty early on, um, but yeah, look, I, I don't know. Tom Duda is a good player, but that size of defender, I think we kind of have enough of with the CJs, the Sicilies, the Scrimshaws, that sort of thirdish tall. I think we we're pretty well covered there. Ben Mackay is a bit of a. I'm not. I'm not really sure if Ben Mackay plays football. Um, I feel like I see his name and then he's out for a while and then he plays a game or two and then he's gone again for a number of weeks. And, um, he might be more of an enigma than an actual footballer, Ben Mackay, but he's, he'd be the size of the defender that we're kind of looking for to be able to take those number one forwards. He can play on his brother if he ever does, uh, if they're not the same person. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sure the Hawks are looking around, but they'll also be looking to add um, you know, young key position talent as well on both ends. And I think that's kind of where a player like Will McCabe comes into it, um, you know, playing some footy at centre-half back and um, in the Sandful under-18s. I think he's he's obviously one of interest for Hawks fans. And then only one other thing. I've said it quite a few times, but I just don't understand why 
if Cozzy's not going to get a game in the forward line, why he's not at least trialled in one of those key defensive posts for Box Hill. And, um, you know, it's obviously where he came up playing his footy. Uh, He'll have been better for having spent so much time in the forward line. Uh, I would... uh, What would the harm, Prinzi, be in uh, chucking him to full back or centre-half back and seeing how he goes for a few weeks? Yeah, um... I know that's, this one's been mentioned in stages uh, on and off for a couple of weeks now, but um, I don't know if you... The, que- the question that, that I have around this is if you start to mess people's positions around, especially somebody with fragile confidence like, um, you know, Cozzy has, um, do you run the risk of really, like, stuffing it up? Um, for lack of a better term, and that's and that's my concern with Cozzy. But I guess the counter argument to that is that you know he's not doing anything at the moment anyway. So what have you got to lose? Um, so yeah, I can I can see the merit of it. I just yeah, I'm I'm just not sure the Hawks are going to do it. Is all I'll say. What do you reckon, Brad? Because I think I mean down sending a message around confidence is one thing, but his spot on the list would be looking shaky, wouldn't it? Brad, Is that uh, Cozzy? I didn't hear you. Uh, yeah, Cozzy. Yeah. Uh, he's only, I think he's only 21 at the moment. I think what will save him is our key for our poor key position depth. Uh, I know he's been playing at Box Hill as a forward. I know he was drafted as a defender. Uh, he's obviously not going to play as a defender because Sam would have already made that move. So is his position on the list... I think he'll get another year at least. I just think we're going to need that depth. I don't think Jekka will be on the list next year. Uh, will McCabe will obviously come in and probably be in the, you know, he's probably going to play early on uh, next season. Granger Barras is the other one who I think, I think Granger Barras, uh, it's a tough one. I don't think he'll be on our list. I think the WA side, especially the at Eagles are going to come hard for him. He's obviously a WA boy, top 10 draft pick. I know it's hard to hear, you know, when we have a top 10 pick uh, who's, you know, this is his third year on the list. Uh, James Blank got his spot in front of him this week. Josh Weddle got picked before him the last few weeks as well. Um, if Granger Barras can't cement a spot in our current team now, he's not going to next year when Will McCabe comes in. So he's one, I think, uh, I think there's more chance of Cozzy being on our list next year than Granger Barras. It might be a bit of a weird and dodgy call, but um, yeah, I think our key forwards at the moment, um, other than Mitch Lewis, we've got no one there. So um, yeah, I think Cozzy will get another year. The cupboard is bare. Daz, did you have a comment to add to that one or are you just putting your hand up for fun? No, I was just going to say with, with Cozzy, I mean, he, he's a confidence player and I've actually seen him a bit of box hill this year and he's, he's building confidence week to week. I think he's, he's, he's taking set shots that, now that he maybe wouldn't have taken, uh, you know, in, in the first couple of rounds. And I think we've just got to be patient with him. Um, and he's got, to, he's got to build his confidence back up at Box Hill. And it, it'll take a few weeks. And um, I, I think there's a player there. I think it's just all up in his head, really, because he, he does have the physicality and he's got the tools to be, to be a really good forward. So um, just got to be patient. And also got to apologise to... Kate Simpson, who did a couple of years uh, at Carlton's AFLW team, so didn't just get parachuted in from 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 being a player, but 
yeah, it's not, it's not much of an apprenticeship really to, to come into a developing side. I think we need some seniority in the coaching ranks. Absolutely. I'm going to um, give over to a friend of the show, Whitey. Um, how are you going, Dave? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, boys. It's been good, really good half-hour discussion. A couple of things. Last weekend, I thought the game was going all right until Ned did his ankle. He was killing him in the middle of the ground in the in the middle early on. Did his ankle. I know um, um, Meeksy did all right after it, but Ned was flogging Darcy in the early part until he did his ankle, and it seemed to slow the whole momentum down at that stage. The other thing is our problem is is someone said it earlier. Our back line's got no structure. You haven't got a major full forward. We're trying to play a bloke who's a, back, a, a flanker at Full back, I mean, full back. Now they've brought in blank. We've got a full back in. Right. You're going to be able to move um, Frost off to, off, off to a, the second defender attacker, and then you're going to spread it out a bit, and hopefully we can get Sicily. And I know Mitch had said he wants Sicily to be a defender, but he's, Sicily's a complete replacement to Josh Gibson. Brilliant at reading the ball and where to go. The other problem is, and I've been, my dad said this since I was a kid watching rugby league, but your attack's your best defence. And at the moment, as the boys have all said, our attack is crap. So we're not putting any pressure on the opposition. They know they only have to score 80 points to win a game of football. They've just got to go, right, if we can hold them up and cause a bit of havoc in the back line, we're going to beat them. We've got to start scoring 100 points a game. It wouldn't matter what our back line's doing. They're only giving up 100 points on average a game. If we can score 100 points, you're in more chances of winning games than you're losing. And at the moment, until we sort our attack out, we're winning the ball out of the centre. You're doing the hardest part first, but we're not doing anything when it gets forward. We're not, when we did tackle the living daylights out of Adelaide, we couldn't buy a free kick and we should have beaten them. The problem is we're not doing it every week. And until we get to the stage where we can do the most important things every week, control the ball into the forward line, hold it in there and make... We're the worst set shot in the competition last week. We missed seven set shots at gold and two of them went... One was short and got punched out of bounds. One went out of full. We've got to make our shots count to be able to put pressure on the opposition because when the ball is in the forward line and you kick a gold... Guess what it goes back to? Our strength. And at the moment, it's not going back to our strength. Uh, that is a beautiful summation, Whitey. And I think, I think you're spot on. I think the best way to put uh, or alleviate the pressure on your defence is to, to kick more goals and um, keep the ball out of there, basically. So, you know, like you, like you said, you kick goals, it goes back to the middle and we're a 50-50 or above 50-50%, a 50% chance of, of winning it again and pumping it back into our forward line. I think there's some... Um, Synergy issues with our midfield to our forwards. They're not on the same page at the moment. The delivery isn't always great. We are getting first hands on it, but we're kind of doing that old Hawthorne thing of bombing it into the forward line a bit, um, maybe not lowering our eyes a bit. And then I think some of our forwards need to work a little bit harder, whether it's, um, you know, uh, Chad maybe not going as hard as he can for as long as he can. And, um, you know, Luke Bruce looks sometimes like age is catching up with him a little bit. You know, there's some reasons why. Um, but I think bringing in players like Sam Butler this weekend, um, you know, that's that's really going to help because you'll bring that uh, intensity and ferocity uh, when the ball hits the ground in the forward half. And I think, um, you know, 
if he can get a good run at it, um, there's a there's a spot there for somebody who's a bit of an instigator. Um, similarly to what Puapolo uh, was back in the day for the Hawks, and Rioli was before him. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a great uh, summation, Dave, and appreciate your contribution. Uh, we're going to move on to round nine, Hawthorne Melbourne, uh, four thirty-five, Twilight Footy at the G. Um, is uh, going to be a cracking match, and as as we mentioned, we have tickets from Ticket Blaster for this match. Um, so we've got four four tickets, two sets of two tickets um, for our listeners tonight. Th- thanks and courtesy of Ticket Blaster, our friends there. So please jump on like James has and request to speak. Before I go any further, I'll throw to you, James, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, thanks. Thanks, uh, Danny. Um, I agree with everybody that's been on tonight uh, in regards to the defence. It has been a bit of a shambles in the last uh, few weeks, and uh, I'm scratching my head. But I'd also like to say uh, the forward line uh, last week was uh, was well completely hopeless. Uh, we got some great uh, centre clearances, uh, seeing uh, Day and uh, and you can like get good good palm downs, run to uh, sixty, and uh, uh, we couldn't mark it, uh, we couldn't tackle, and then once the ball got outside, we were cut to ribbons. We had four tackles in defensive 50. So whilst, uh, yes, the uh, defence isn't playing well, uh, the the forward line uh, really wasn't any better uh, last Saturday night. Uh, So that's just sort of comment. No, I think I think you're spot on, and I think any time you kick under fifty points, you're going to struggle to win a game of footy, aren't you? That's pretty absolutely pretty, pretty clear cut. Um, there's there's no real arguments there. So we do need to find ways um, to kick more goals. Uh, we see if you're still with us. Um, any any ideas as to how we do that? Uh, look, well, hopefully Ned Reeves plays. I noticed that uh, Meek was named at centre half forward. Um, yeah, Ferg, Brocky, it makes it uh, a little bit difficult, but I think you just got to keep working on it, right? Like you mentioned the synergy from the mids to the forward line and that being a key issue. And, and I know a lot of people have had issues with some of the disposal of our mids moving forward, but I mean, all they've got to keep doing is working on it working on uh, movement and drills through training, trying to do it during match day. Um, the the other guy I think you just mentioned or we just heard about Will Day and um, you mentioned Warps, but watching Connor Knapp. Ooh, have, has everybody else lost Weesey? Yeah, Weesey's gone. Yeah. He's gone. See you, Weesey. Daz, you had a comment? Oh, I was going to say, I was just going to pick up on um, a comment that James made around the forward, forward pressure. And I think it's it's very easy to look at how dysfunctional our forward line is in terms of being an offensive threat and the set shot misses, as Whitey pointed out. You know, they're, they're the, the glaringly obvious things about the forward line. But as a, pr- a pressure forward team, we, we must be miles off. I haven't looked at the... The stats there, but it's a it's a big issue, and it's and it's the reason why the ball is coming back so quickly, and they're leading to easy goals, and we're getting cut to ribbon on the wing because the forward line is just not putting enough pressure. And I hate to say it, and he's been a big scapegoat this year, but you know, Chad, if you're not going to impact the scoreboard, you've got to put more pressure on 
Um, you know, we're not we're not seeing Dylan Moore having the same sort of output, and he's you know he's definitely trying hard. He's definitely putting um, pressure on, but you know it's 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 that lack of forward pressure as a unit, and that lack of sort of def- defensive defensive pressure from the forward line that's really hurting us. And I think Sam Butler will hopefully ad- address that um, this week because you know that's his game, and um, as much as he is an offensive threat. Uh, he's, he's also he also he's not afraid of a tackle. That that he is absolutely not, James. Thank you so much for your. Could I just make one yeah, more comment, Danny? It, if that's all right. Absolutely, the floor's yours. Um, just all the crap I've been seeing. Um, Warple's been copying on uh, Twitter and other forums. Look, that his disposal efficiency isn't great, but he gets our hardest uh, inside balls by a mile, and. Yep. Um, he he has improved so much since last year. It's not funny, and uh, uh, it's just really getting my blood boiling a bit. He is really having a crack, and uh, uh, if a few more uh, uh, played like him, particularly in the forward half of the ground, uh, we wouldn't be getting blown out as uh, much as we are. So thanks for letting me have a say tonight, guys. No, absolutely, James. We uh, we thank you, mate, for jumping on and having a say. And uh, I couldn't echo that anymore if I tried. Um, I think if we listen to the Player Review pod, uh, the boys were pretty glowing in regards to James Warple. And we were a little bit confused um, in terms of the uh, vitriol, for lack of a better term, around um, Warple's efforts. Yes, he's not the cleanest player by foot. Um, but like you said, he is the one at the bottom of the pack getting the first touch, um, the first clearance. And he is a large, large, large reason as to why our midfield unit, along with Connor Nash and Will Day and John Newcomb, um, have gone from uh, last in uh, clearance differential to fifth in clearance differential um, from last year to this year. So um, great comment, James. We appreciate your contribution. Scott. Um, unmute yourself, mate. We'd love to hear from you as well this evening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, so I was actually at the game. I you spoke were. to you guys last yes. week. I flew over. Um, so we absolutely smashed them out of the middle, like pretty much for three and a half quarters. And like, at one stage in the third quarter, we had 13 to 3 in uh, centre clearances, uh, so 10 more than them. And we had more inside 50s, yet we were 50 points down. So I just can't understand how we just smashed them out the middle. I mean, the Newcomb had a couple of really good ones, but then just bombed it in, just didn't look. He had players' options. We've got to work on that. Um, then, like you said, the ball got, slingshotted out and back to the back line and it was just an absolute debacle um so yeah that was my take on the game uh this week <clears throat> i just I don't, I don't understand what what's going on with uh scrimshaw like is there's clearly an issue there between him and mitchell because he should be in our starting uh team every week and I'm a bit surprised. I don't know if you guys saw the the stats. Like Blank had two possessions last week, one mark and one tackle, and he's been rewarded with a, a game. I'm a bit surprised by that. Fergus Green's had one bad game. I think he's been doing pretty well and all of a sudden 
he's now on the scrap heap. So some very odd selections this week. It's a great segue, Scott, and we appreciate your comment. I'm going to throw to Brad, who is our selection dissection king, the chairman of the board of selectors at Hawks Insiders. Brad, um, run us through the changes if you have them with you uh, and what your take was on the um, Mitchell swinging the axe, basically. Uh, I agree with Scott. Um, interesting selections this week. I know my article I wrote, most of them I picked was correct. Connor McDonald out with a with an illness is going to hurt. I know he came back in the side last week. He kicked a goal. I think he needs to play as many games as possible. He's a really classy player. Cam McKenzie comes in for Josh Ward, which is great. Cam McKenzie is another one who needs to play every week. Scott mentioned um, our disposal going uh, inside 50. I couldn't agree more. Cam McKenzie's played a handful of games, and in my opinion, it's probably one of, if not the best, uh, users of the ball in our side. He's, you know, he's getting 15 to 20 touches in his first few games, and his disposal on both feet is classy. He looks like a mini Sam uh, Mitchell when he first started, and I think Cam McKenzie has to play because his disposal is brilliant. Uh, CJ comes back in, which was always going to happen with uh, Bruce. Um, Butler coming in is really good. I think Butler should have been playing in front of Chad. Uh, Wingard. I don't think Wingard will be in our best team come 2024 and beyond. I think Sam Butler needs to replace him. Um, James Blank again, uh, you know, key position defender, full back. I think he's been brought in to play alongside Sam Frost, which will free up James Sicily. Um, Sis has had to play more of a key defensive uh, role this season, which he struggled with. Uh, you just got to watch the game against Geelong when Jeremy Cameron absolutely destroyed him. Um, a few other games, he's really struggled playing alongside Sam Frost without that second key defender. So I think bringing in Blank is a, you know, is a positive move, which will free up Sis. Um, Fergus is unlucky. He was really poor last week. Unfortunately, he was incredibly poor against the Bulldogs. Um, he copped a couple of knocks, but he's had a couple of poor games in a row. Scrimshaw, definitely something wrong there. He was the sub for two weeks. You know, came back in and played a full game last week. He looked okay, kicked a goal. He can play as a swing man. He's, in my opinion, is definitely a starting uh, 18 player. Uh, so there is definitely something going on. We saw him preseason as well. Even before he got injured, uh, he was named in the B side in the intra-club game. The club have said he's had turf toe, which I think is a bit of a porky. Um, there's definitely something not right because he's been omitted this week. Josh Ward's got a foot injury. How serious that is, we don't know. Um, he's been pretty good this year. I don't think he's been noticeable. I think he's playing his role well. He's, you know, he's getting 20, 25 touches a game. Works really hard. I think he's going to be an excellent player. I don't think he's going to be an elite player. Um, he's going to be a really solid 200-plus game player. Um, so, you know, uh, McKenzie comes in for him. Tyler Brockman out suspended Hurts because... Although he's been a little quiet with Brocky, he still does really classy things, sets up goals. He's hit the scoreboard a bit this year. Uh, Melbourne's going to be a massive test for us. I know we only lost to them by 10 points last year when they were flying. Um, our team's a lot different. Um, they haven't been playing great footy at the moment. They were lucky to get over the line against the Suns last week. I think their back line, May and Lever, haven't been as good this year. Our forward line's not going to give them any issues. So the midfield 
is going to end for a massive, massive test. It's going to be great to see Connor Nash run with probably Clayton, uh, Clayton Oliver, which means Christian Petrarca is going to get loose. He'll probably have 30 and kick three, but there's nothing you can do about that. Um, and the back line is in for a long day. Uh, Bailey Fritch, Cozzy Pickett. Uh, Kyle Chandler's been an underrated player for Melbourne uh, this year. Blake Hartley's probably going to have to play on Cozzy Pickett. So um, Chandler is one who's been really, really good for the Demons this this year. I think it's going to be a good uh, learning game for our guys uh, this week. And Sam's got his work cut out for him because it's going to be 18 degrees and a beautiful day on Saturday afternoon for Twilight Footy at the MCG. So hopefully the boys can put in a good performance. The team they've picked, I think, is a, a decent team. It's one of our better sides we've picked for this year, but we're not going to be able to go with the Demons. If we get within eight goals, I think it's a good effort. Daz, you got a comment on uh, the selection of James Blank or just James Blank in general? Yeah, and, um, you know, a great supporter of the, the mighty Everton Football Club. So I'm always going to come into... Uh, come to the defence of James Blank, but he actually had a really good game. I know he had two disposals, but he was matched up on uh, the Northern Bullants' best forward, Brandon Ryan, who uh, kicked one goal and was moved into the ruck. So he, I hate to say it, blanketed him, um, and he has earned a place back in the side. Um, and sometimes the stat sheet really doesn't tell the full story, I think, in this case. There you go. It was just an excuse to say he blanketed him. That's all. That's all he want to do, and get a, an Everton reference on the Hawks and get, and get an Everton yeah. reference. Yeah, especially after a big win. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick with you for a second. Jack Scrimshaw has been dropped. Um, that's concerning, right? Yeah, and I've, I've said it a lot on the ratings pod. I just the, the turf toe thing, as Brad said. I, I don't know. What turf toe is, don't want to look it up because I got burnt looking up lacerated tongues. So not going to do that. But I think scrimmers for me is uh, one of our most underrated um, and best defenders. And it just boggles the mind given that backline problems, why he's not playing. And um, no one's really asking the question. And um, it's, you know, I guess probably making the case for the Hawks Insiders to have a place there. Uh, the press conferences, but until then, would love to just know what's going on because, uh, yeah, it's concerning and, and we're a better side with, with scrimmers fit in firing in the back line. And uh, just wrapping up the uh, selection issues, um, are we, do we, do anybody, this is, I'll throw this open to anyone, uh, do we have any concerns over Josh Ward's injury or um, is it too early to get a little bit worried about that? Uh, too early. Uh, I know he's TBC at the moment. Um, foot injuries can be pretty bad. If it's stress fractures in his foot, he's going to be out for a while. Um, I think Ward's been quite unlucky. I think last year he had the concussion issues. He's he similar to Lewis. Like he just cops injuries. Like you know, I know he's only young in his career, and I guess you can call it bad uh, luck so far. But he doesn't have a lot of uh, continuity. He seems you know, to play three or four games and then he misses a couple of games, plays three or four games, misses a couple of games. He's definitely part of our future and, you know, he's going to be probably our, one of our starting midfielders from next year and beyond. But is he too... I, I don't know. Like, he seems to be injured often. 
Yeah, you're right. And nothing nothing major, but just all these niggly ones that keep him out for periods of time. Weesey, did you want to make a comment? I was, I was just going to say, it's always a little bit concerning. I think Burge used the words bone overload is uh, is what they're referring it to referring to it as in his foot but um he, he also he also said that they caught it really early um and that while he won't play this weekend they'll reassess it and um that he's pretty comfortable with where it's at and um i mean from a obviously we've had history a history a poor history with injury list reporting but as it stands at the moment if peter burge says it's nothing to worry about I reckon for now we can give Bergy the benefit of the doubt. That's good enough for you. Um, we will move on. I want to touch on um, the Alistair Clarkson comments uh, from today um, and the, I guess, the wide-ranging ramifications those comments have. Um, Daz, I'm going to start with you. Um, you saw it, you read it. What's your initial takeaways from Alistair's comments in his press conference this afternoon? Oof, this is a tough one, and I wish you didn't start with me. Um, but, you know, I think when you, you reflect on Clarko's legacy, I can't thank him enough for the success that we had as a club um, in that period and the, the incredible memories that I've had along the way. But the, the past sort of seven years, um, the allegations, and I'm not saying anything untoward happened, I certainly don't want to to be part of this absolute lawyer shark fest that's going on. So I'm going to uh, not make any comments on whether he was or wasn't involved in anything there, but the, the past seven years have just tarnished that legacy for me in, in, in a lot of ways. And, and that's just, uh, you know, aside from the allegations, I mean, the just baffling decisions that he made to, to you know, the, the stubbornness of which he... Uh, approach selection, um, the unwillingness to to regenerate the list and do what was right for the club. Um, you know, it's and then the comments today just shows that there has been a lot of animosity that's been brewing. We know that he wouldn't get on the plane with with a with a uh, with the Hawks when they flew back from Tassie on the same flight as uh, North Melbourne, and and you know that's really disappointing. Not shaking Sammy's hand, it's just. It's just bitterness, and it it then you then then it makes you look at the succession plan and the handover, and and you know like it, it's not hard to draw the the conclusion that he wasn't he wasn't happy leaving and, and getting deposed, and you know uh, hopefully the lawyers don't come after me for that, but I I, I just think it's 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 really starting to tarnish his legacy how he's how he's behaving now towards Hawthorne and it's really hard to walk this stuff back um and as much of a as much as thankful as I am for that era of success and he will go down as a club legend I'm not sure I'm not sure whether they're they're going to be putting up a statue um at Dingley with with of Clarko um because you just you just don't behave that way, um, and you don't say those sorts of comments. Um, and it's yeah, it's 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 really hard to walk it back. I know that's just two comments, but in the context of the past seven years, it's um, it, it feels big. Brad, the um, the most important thing in this uh, whole saga is obviously the um, allegations against 
members of the foot, footy department uh, at the Hawks by um, individuals that were at and around the Hawthorne Football Club at the time uh, and their well-being and, and any sort of potential scarring or anything like that is is obviously the most important thing around this saga. But it's really disappointing that it's now becoming a Clarkson versus Hawthorne thing. And I think, you know, probably for all parties, it would have been better if he, you know, didn't air his dirty laundry in public. Your thoughts on, on Clarko's comments? Absolutely. I mentioned it uh, today in our uh, group, in our private group. It was, Alistair is a, is, is a very, very smart person. His comments were incredibly dumb and silly um, in uh, the public forum, but they were pl- like, you know, Clarko p- planned what he was going to say. Uh, I believe he's doing it because North Melbourne are going so poorly. Smart by him. Takes the attention off him and how poorly uh, North are going at the moment. But like Daz said, it's like the legacy, his uh, legacy at the Hawks is fading fast because comments like this, it might only be a small comment, but this is now going to turn into a massive shit show for the next uh, few days. And as Daz said, it really, you know, it's, turned, it's going to turn into the world against uh, Hawthorne. And he's done it smartly because, like I said, North are going so poorly at the moment. They, but other than the Eagles, you know, they're probably the worst side in the comp. Again, they're a chance to win their third wooden spoon in a row. Um, and for Alistair to come out and say those comments today, to use the word shameful, um, is, yeah, it was just, te- I, I think it's just terrible. The whole situation is incredibly sad. Um, I know we've got our 10-year uh, reunion coming up this year. Alistair's obviously not going to be there. Um, which is sad in itself. So, yeah, like Daz said, horrendous comments and it's going to hurt him in the long run. Now, we want to get um, your input on this one as well, um, listeners. So um, please hit the request to speak button and jump on. As we mentioned, we've got a few tickets from Ticket Blaster uh, to divvy up at the end of the space. And Stuart has done that. He's jumped on. Stuart, um, would you like to pass comment, ask a question, or just give your general thoughts on this situation? Yeah, thanks, Danny. Uh, f- before I do that, though, what do you reckon the odds are that the um, the sliding doors is going to be a negative tomorrow? <laughs> you, could, you, <laughs> you, could, you couldn't take money on it. A dollar one in Britain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Look, I, I, I kind of feel for Clarko in this in this space as well, just to take from his side. And I, I understand what uh, Brad, what you were saying about uh, silly, but it's all um, the comments were silly. But uh, there might have been a little bit of bite to it as far as getting uh, diverting from the the problems he's got now. But look, we we all know from what we've seen um, over his tenure at Hawthorne, Clarko was a very very proud man. And right now he is stuck in a situation where he can't do anything and his name has been tarnished probably more than anyone, I'd argue more than anyone that has ever been in the game. His name has been tarnished. Um, he can't say anything. He's, uh, he, he can't um, just turn around and, and deny allegations. He, he's not getting paperwork that he needs to actually... Um, uh, assist him. Uh, he is stuck in a corner, and as the days go by, it's just grinding on him more and more. And I, I, I really don't know um, how. 
uh, I, I don't think I could take it um, uh, when you can't actually say anything. He's just got to sit there and he can't have a go at the AFL. He can't have a go at the, uh, the alleges. Um, we're an easy target. And um, I, uh, I do have some sympathy for, for how he's come out in that regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, um, Stuart. I, I, I think I tweeted that earlier today as well, that, you know, you can understand that there's an incredible level of frustration. You can understand that there's this, um, you know, Clarko's kind of sitting there like a caged animal at the moment, sort of backed into a corner, um, nowhere to go. And, you know, as much as the, the, the aggrieved parties are who they are, um, without the process coming to its natural conclusion and with it dragging out as much as it is, there are also sort of aggrieved parties that, uh, who are the, the accused. So, um, you know, and, and like Brad mentioned, when your team's going really, really badly and you feel like you can di- divert or deflect a little bit of the heat that, that your club's under, um, you know, maybe it was just sort of the aligning, the aligning of the stars and, um, that's what led him to sort of make the comment today. But I, I kind of felt it came out of nowhere. I don't think the discourse around this saga has been very strong of late until, you know, there was a, a comment by, I think, Sonia Hood, um, North Melbourne president, saying, I've heard Clarkson's side of the story. They talked about that on Footy Classified or one of those Monday night shows. And then all of a sudden there's this one at a press conference. And I, it kind of it caught me off guard. I don't know if it, if you felt the same, Stuart. Yeah, look, one of the things that I'm getting really sick of um, is the narrative that um, Hawthorne just shoved it onto the AFL. Um, I'm not sure what the narrative would have been if Hawthorne said, no, don't worry, we don't need to give it to an independent body. We'll just we'll just run the investigation ourselves. Um, I, I, can imagine, I can imagine there'd be more <laughs> sliding doors would be, be about one cent rather than dollar one. So... Um, yeah, it would be. I, I just don't understand what uh, how people are saying they've done the wrong thing here. Look, we did. There is a the situation when you go back and look at the whole thing that yes, we may uh, we um, we should have done interviews with um, with Clarkson and Bert and and Fagan. But at the same time, I don't believe that anyone ever thought that the um, the report was going to come back what it did. So every, everyone's sort of in this mindset of we need this fixed uh we need this sorted we need need it to conclude and by the sounds of things uh we're no no closer now than we were when the report came out in the abc in the morning yeah absolutely Stuart. and I, yeah i just don't see what it stands to add to the discussion but thank you so much for your comment um daz before i throw to you i just want to get patrick's thoughts on on this situation he's been waiting patiently patrick i was just going to say i wonder how much North Melbourne's media department are briefing Damo because it seems like he'd been hyping it up all week and then it comes to the Sonia, him getting the Sonia Hood statement and this today yeah. just feels very yeah, interesting might, considering he's a North fan. Yeah, there might be something in that. And look, I don't necessarily want to go and speculate on, um, you know, sources or anything like that. But um, it is it is interesting that, um, you know, we've had, a semi-agenda, I guess, uh, in any time Damo opens his mouth this year and um, it's built towards this whole situation today. So it's a, it's an interesting thought, Patrick, and it's a good comment. I was also going to say, it also feels a bit rough when, I know, as I said, as I said to someone else, that health is a great coach, but 
support on it also helped him, like supported him through a lot of his off-field stuff during his time at our club as well. So feels a bit rough to have a go at the clubs after that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think though, um, you know, the 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 love affair with Clarkson was a was a passionate one um, between you know the Hawks and Clarkson, and and any time those sort of long term relationships end and end semi abruptly, um, I think you know you're you're generally in for a bit of pain. You know, the the divorce was a was a bitter one, and um, you know he he took the car in the house. So um, you know sometimes that's just the the way that these things uh, eventuate. Uh, the Hawks wanted to go in a different uh, direction and, you know, Clarkson probably, that's going to hurt a man with an ego like uh, Clarkson has. And I think most good coaches have an ego because like most good players, you have to have a healthy ego. Um, but that definitely would have hurt Clarkson, the Hawks saying they want to go in a different direction. So, um, Daz, you got to comment on, on all of this before we wrap it up and move on? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, look, it's not something that we will probably unfortunately not move on for a while, but, you know, I have empathy for Clarko and, you know, he hasn't been afforded natural justice, neither is Fagan, neither of any, any of the parties that have been Jason Bird or any of the parties that have been mentioned in this, but why attack Hawthorne? I just don't understand why he would attack the club. And then saying the comment about Indigenous and First Nations families being shamed like he's, like there were no allegations against uh, his conduct. So, it, it it it's it's just it's just strange, uh, you know. This this stuff relates to him, um, whether he likes it or not. And it's I, it, I'm, I'm I'm I feel bad that he's been backed into a corner that he he hasn't had a chance to have his say or take part in the, in the investigation in any way. But why attack Hawthorne? I just I just you know attack the the investigation, the process, the ABC. The journalist, uh, uh, just Hawthorne. Like, why go after Hawthorne? And and that and that will have ramifications on his legacy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm with you there. It was a, it's a, it's still. I've read everything I can around it today to prepare for the discussion tonight, and I'm still really really confused at his, um, at, you know, the choice of direction from Clarkson today. I don't don't necessarily see a reason for it. I don't see a benefit for it, other than maybe some slight deflection away from the ruse and getting the media on back onto the trail of the Hawks. But yeah, it's um for what you have to give up by making those comments, maybe he doesn't care right now, but I think he kind of will um, later on down the line. Mora, um, you've joined us from a, from a, from a burner, a burner account. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't been able to connect on my account um, of late. And uh, one of you suggested that I should try from one of my other ones. So here I am from Morris Horace, my, my fantasy footy account, which is, hasn't been used for a couple of years, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. And it seemed, it really seemed deliberate to me. Like it was, it was him making a statement. Like I'm not, I'm not with Hawthorne anymore. I, you know, almost like I, I don't like you. I don't want you to like me. It, it was. It seemed deliberate to me. There's no other explanation yeah, for it. Was it was absolutely disassociating himself with our football club, which you know, it probably the the most painful thing because you know, even as early as still when he was unveiled at the ruse, he was talking. He there was the slip of the tongue, the faux pas of him talking about the Hawthorne Footy Club, you know, and and using the term we and. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Hawthorne legend, no matter which way you spin it. So when you hear about Hawthorne legends, even those who have moved on from the Hawks, speaking in such negative terms about the football club that 
um, you love as a fan and that you thought that they loved as a large, um, you know, part of the history of the football club. Um, I think that's a that's a really sort of sad situation to find ourselves in. Does. Oh, I don't want to keep talking about this, but, uh, you know, the, the lack of respect for Sam Mitchell and not shaking his hand after the North game and going straight down the race, like you, you put two and two together, the comments today, not going on the, the, the plane, he, he's, he's got issued massive issues with Hawthorne and let's just call it spade a spade. And that's, that's where it's at. It's really sad. And I hope that one day we can, you know, when the dust settles and all of this in, 75 years when the investigation's over and all the lawyers have uh, bought extra Lamborghinis, uh, maybe Kaiko will make make good with the club again. But, yeah, it's, it's really sad. Yeah, it, it really is sad. And, look, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off on this unless we see uh, or Brad have any anything else to add. But, um, you know, I think, Brad, you talked about a little bit earlier the the 10-year reunions are coming up in the next few years. And, um, you know, I think the reality that, in really quickly for me that um, you know some some of these guys aren't going to be there and, and to not have your head coach at these 10-year reunions is going to be a bit of a there's going to be a hole there that's for sure absolutely and it's going to be in the news it's same as the Cyril situation like you know fingers crossed uh, Cyril's able to it you know uh, to attend uh, the reunions and come back to the club but like you said like you know you, you, you just think back such a short time ago you know two years ago Two and a half years ago, Clarko's spoken about as our greatest, you know, greatest of a coach. He probably is. Everyone loves him. You know, he's going to get a farewell. And then you fast forward a few years. It's incredibly sad. Like Daz said, um, the fact that our coach of our, you know, three Pete, he isn't going to be there. Like that's uh, the reality. Those comments today, as you said, they were calculated. You know, I, I just, I just don't think there's any way for him uh, to return. Like, you know, I think it's only going to get worse, unfortunately. So it is incredibly sad to think that, you know, our legend of a coach when he was at the club is not going to be there to celebrate. And there's a few others who probably won't be there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Weesey, if you're still with us, I just want to get your take. Um, I I normally don't like to give too much airtime (laughs) to former Premier and former President of the Hawthorne Footy Club, Jeff Kennett, but um, you read his piece and you felt like there was some sense in what Kenneth was saying. So he clearly wasn't day drinking today. He wasn't day drinking. It would have been interesting to see if he was making the same comments if he was still president. And, I mean, I was actually thinking about that yesterday. What a shocking, shocking turn of events it would have been if he was still president with all of this happening. Um, but his comments were actually um, pretty well made and and really he, he called... The whole thing a shambles, which which it has been. So um, I think that's just a small element. But I mean, the whole Clarko thing, I've got no doubt that time heals wounds. And in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years' time, you know, whenever it is, you'll be welcomed back as uh, and remembered as um, the, the four time premiership coach. But his, his immediate legacy is now gone and it's going to be very, very difficult with the group he's got at North Melbourne to to create a decent new one there. Um, and the other thing that he did today was, I mean, there's still a whole heap of Hawthorne people that 
um, supported him, that were still not happy with the way he was shown the door, that um, that that definitely uh, have... We've all got the empathy, but leaning significantly towards him. And he's just closed closed them all out. And, and I don't understand why either. He's really, really poorly advised that, that that was the next step he should be taking in, in the whole legal battle that's unfolding or alternatively, you know, as some of you guys, including Morris, suggested, it was absolutely deliberately done. And, and if that's the case, it is really sad because he's someone that's held such an important part of all of our history, right? We're all here because we love the club and what he's been able to do and the, and the journey he's been able to take us on has, has been incredible. But to extinguish that in the in the course of two or three minutes uh, out of nowhere is just mind-boggling. And, yeah, I think Brad Brad sums it up the best when he said it's just it's just really, really sad. It's just really sad. Absolutely. We'll move on from the Clarkson thing. We've gone um, almost 10 minutes over time already. Ash is going to kill me for this. Um, but um, I do want to touch on um, the a couple of other things before we wrap up. And um, we'll leave the Damien Barrett stuff for this week um, because I think that that might be a um, something a bit too deep to dive into. But um, I'm sure he'll tweet. Uh, I'm sure something else will come up in this week's uh, sliding doors that we can comment on next week. So, um, Darren, there was some news earlier this week uh, from Tilly Lucas-Rod. I'd just like to get your take on Tilly's um, statement or coming out or, um, yeah, just just what that means and and your take on it, please. Yeah, Tilly has come out as non-binary and, yeah, just have so much respect for them. Uh, it's, it's it's such a hard thing to do, I'm sure, to put yourself out like that. And it just shows that the AFLW is a really safe space um, for people to be who they are. It's it, it's sad that I think the AFL, the AFL men's competition is, is really not there yet. Um, and, and whether that's because of the playing group or the media, um, the, the, the scrutiny there, it's, it's, it's sad that... that players can't kind of live their truth um, and we've had no players come out in the AFL men's competition in, in its history. But, um, yeah, just all, all power to Tilly, a wonderful captain, a wonderful person and uh, just wish them well in their journey. I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, a really brave thing to do. Incredibly well said, Daz, and that's why you are our guru of all things, just everything, to be honest, um, whether it's sponsorship or apparel or... Um, yeah, um, Tilly Lucas Rod, you are the guru, Daz. Um, we will wrap it up there. Before we finish, uh, Darren and Brad, um, can I get your two? Um, Daz, I'll start with you, Brad. Um, your tickets, who are they going to and why? Uh, I'd love to give my tickets to uh, Scotty. I think um, Scott, who spoke um, earlier before, you know, I was obviously flew to Perth for the game. Um, massive Hawthorne supporter. Uh, I think he deserves the tickets. I think he'll enjoy going to the game. Hopefully he can uh, report back to us next week uh, from the game. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, got on a, you know, went to Perth to the game. Um, you know, gave us a nice uh, rundown from the game uh, last week. Agreed with his comments with our horrendous disposal uh, inside 50. 
Um, hopefully that approve, um, improves this week against uh, the Demons. But Scott, enjoy the tickets. Beautiful. Scott, if you can um, just DM us on, uh, on Twitter after this, um, we will organise to get those tickets to you. And Daz, uh, your tickets. Yeah, tickets going to me tonight, uh, Danny. I think I've made a lot of <laughs> made a lot of uh, really interesting comments, especially on Clarko and Tilly. So um, no, I, I, I'm going to give them to. I'm sorry, Whitey, because I think you made, as usual, a, a great, great, great comment, not a question, but it's going to go to James for me. Um, just love the take on, uh, especially our forward line, and uh, hope you hope you're in Melbourne and you get to enjoy those tickets. So. Thanks again to Ticket Blaster for um, for providing such great value to our community. Absolutely. Um, so also, James, just um, chuck us a DM, mate. Um, we'll get uh, in touch with you once you've done that and we'll organise to get those tickets over to you guys. Thank you so much to everybody for your contributions this evening. Thank you to my co-hosts, Darren Levine, Brad Klebanski, Andrew Weiss, and for a little bit, Morris Horace, Simon Morowitz himself. Um, thank you to everybody who contributed. Thank you especially to our great friends at Ticket Blaster for supporting the Hawks Insiders for the rest of this year. Um, if you'd like to check out more of their great offers, you can do so at ticketblaster.com.au. Um, and yeah, guys, we're really, really grateful for you guys jumping on. Thank you so much for always joining in number and listening to what we have to say and write and um, talk about. Um, when it comes to Hawthorne. Uh, we'll have plenty more for you guys coming up in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned on the Substack. Stay tuned on, for our player ratings uh, and stay tuned next week for our Thursday night safe space. We look forward to having you. If you are not already a Hawks Insider subscriber, um, $5 a month, $50 for the year. Um, please, we would love your support. Um, we think it's great value for money. We hope you think that too. Um, and yeah, if you would like to join, uh, head to the Substack. You can do that through there. Uh, link is in our bio on Twitter. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. And have a great night. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more.